Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorization number TP slash 01005. Welcome to Tuesday Trots Live with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. Join the conversation today and text us on 0499 736 736. Good morning, all and sundry. How are we today? It's, good, um, it's day one. Thanks yeah, you well? Thanks for asking. Yeah, uh, you've got your peanuts again, or um, is it chips today? Or no, what, no, what's no. your little My snack? My peanuts, as I said to Skeet yesterday, I just like to nibble on them throughout the day because I, you know me, I tend to eat when I'm sitting here at like eleven thirty. Yeah. So I don't get too hungry. I just nibble away on the nuts. Yeah, just 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 grazing away. Just grazing, and I love a salted peanut. I thought you were going to say you love a sunburnt country, but you love a salted peanut. I love a I salted peanut. I love a sunburnt country. A land country. of sweeping plains. I also love Australia. Like oh. A sunburnt country. And Ireland. Yes, not sunburnt. Which one do you love more? Welcome to Trot's Life. Oh, hey. uh, no, no, no. Deport him now, I say. That's like asking me, um, that would be like asking me which one of my nieces is my favourite. I can't yeah. give you that answer. Yeah, funnily enough, there normally is one, but um, uh, anyway, that's that's not a nice way to look at it. Right, um, we're going to breeze again today, so uh, I'm hoping to get Jackie Law on the line for the second hour. Um, if he's not otherwise um, concentrating his efforts somewhere else, um, after I couldn't have uh, I couldn't have been more praiseworthy of him in a in an article I wrote for the Herald Sun today. Well, I didn't write it today, but it was published today. Uh, Rod Lakey. We didn't update. How did Artie come through his first run since February on Saturday night at Tabcorp Park Mountain? So we'll have a chat with him in the second hour. And um, Matty Leppard, of course, will be celebrating the big Collingwood one-point win. I don't have to worry about offending anybody today. There's no Carlton fans in my immediate vicinity, so I don't have to worry about it. Tom Bang's not here. Um, Skeeter's not here. <laughs> Plenty of others aren't here. So we can talk about Collingwood and... I think Maddie will be uh, right up and about the big cat to give us some tips from right around the country as well. But to launch the show, a big old fat breezing with Bon. On Trot's Life, breezing with Bon. Hello again. Breezing with Bon. Right, strap yourselves in. <laughs> as remains standard with most, if not all of these Tuesday morning breezes, Context must precede content. And today's context is thus. Nobody, and I mean nobody, has been more passionate or committed to programming more staying races in Victoria. And when I say more, I mean significantly more. It's the only way they'll work. When properly engineered, long trip contests remain harness racing's most intriguing, engaging, exciting events of all. They also showcase the strength stamina and durability of the standard bread. In many ways, they are our point of difference, from a racing perspective at least. Despite my zealotry and also the zealotry of many others, staying events still represent a meagerly minor portion 
of all races staged in my home state, and for that matter, the Eastern Seaboard in general. Most that follow the game with uh, with genuine interest will have some concept of why this shift to shorter racing has transpired. Chief among the reasons for reducing long trip contests is pressure from above. As usual, under the current broadcasting paradigm, wiggle room is infinitesimally small. If Harness Racing hopes to occupy Sky 1, the Red Channel, the Golden Goose, it must stage races as religiously and rapidly as possible. Certain so-called marketing gurus have also fortified this perspective over the years. In their own very often narrow view of the world, all sports, regardless of their histories or idiosyncrasies, must tighten their broadcasting belts. Still mesmerised by the fleeting, fading allure of 20-over cricket, they happily patronise or patronise younger generations by believing their attention spans are so compromised, anything with meaning or merit that carries on too long will simply overwhelm them. There's no way in the world this is true. Nevertheless, the world we have is the only arena of pragmatic action. We can't philosophising and theorising about what you do in a different world is is, uh, is unhelpful. As a result, finally, here's the meat of today's typically turgid sermon. Knowing what we're stuck with and conceding it won't change, at least not in the short term, something occurred to me some years ago. If, and it's a big if, Victoria pursues the merit of their very own slot race, or if we deign to inaugurate a brand new feature of any kind, the conditions of said contest should be framed as follows. Tabcor Park, Melton, 1,720 metres, preferential draw. Sadly, as stated above, most Australian states have chosen, for all the reasons aforementioned, not to program staying races in the ways which are required. As a result, most of our long trip features are slightly less engaging than an episode of MAPS. And the boring nature of races like last year's Inter-Dominion final are completely predictable. If half of the horses contesting Grand Circuit events over 2,500 metres or further, you've seen this with the Melbourne Cup even, have rarely, barely seen that trip in their racing careers, it's only understandable that certain fears loom. Why on God's green earth would we, should we, expect largely untried stayers to make multiple mid-race moves when they've largely, sometimes exclusively competed over short and middle journeys. It's insane. Even the weekly events we witness over 2,240 metres at Melton are often bereft of tactical tempo. Horses, generally, settle in their chosen roles, then hit top gear between, or somewhere between 400 metres and 800 metres from home. Sprint races, however, now they're different. With the huge American influence in Southern Hemisphere breeding, the slightly more fragile nature of postmodern standard breeds and the infinitely more conservative training methods employed today compared to yesteryear, short course contests have suddenly found their niche. When competing over trips less than two kilometres, 2,000 metres, front row runners are far more likely to launch the gate and then keep the front. And second row runners are stripped of their right to balance, assess and patiently progress. Over the short, you see, every second counts and every decision matters. I raise this point today, even though I've cogitated on the subject for years, courtesy of Saturday night's My Lightning Blue free-for-all, which we'll discuss with Rod Lackey later. Even though he didn't win, few in their right mind could possibly suggest that champion pacer Lockin Varat wasn't the best horse in that open-class contest. Slightly more may refute the following, but most sensible humans would also agree that if the My Lightning Blue was programmed over 2,200 metres or further, Artie would have won. The keys to his defeat, 
defeat, above and beyond the fact he hadn't raced since February, were twofold. One was his outside second line alley. The other was trying to beat a slippery leader over 1,720 metres. Some will say there's little need for another Australian sprint feature given the prestige and importance of Menangle's Miracle Mile. I don't agree. For starters, the Miracle Mile isn't preferentially drawn. It's also staged without a second row and hosted at a venue where you can't make a move, really. Once you settle in your rolls over the, over the 1,609 metres at Menangle, you can only really make a move once you hit the straight. So it's a very different situation. Um, Melton is far better suited to the concept outlined above. And for the record, this concept of a PBD feature over 1,720 at Group 1 level isn't about finding Australia's best horse. It's fundamentally founded on creating Australia's best race. Let's be clear. If Locke and Varart copy that or self-assured, a hard fit and ready to roll over 2,200 metres or further, Torrid Saint, Bulletproof Boy or even like a wildfire likely can't go with them. Over 1,720 metres, with the three ladder runners drawn the front and the former trio drawn the back, anything can happen. Isn't that what we want? Everywhere I go, punters from other codes tell me three reasons why they rarely or never bet on harness racing. One is based on the inaccurate yet pervasive perspective around integrity from days gone by. One is based on a much more accurate concern around the complexity of our form and the feeling they're well behind the eight ball compared to smart judges like Matty Leppard, who we'll talk to shortly. And the third, critically, is based on the often sleep-inducing nature of the product <coughs> under, um, under its current system. Now, I love the trots, but I know that a lot of people, compared to Fast and Frantic Greyhound Race or a... Um, a thoroughbred race where there's movement and colour and light and action, they don't get that they don't get sucked into the idea of watching and then betting on the trots. I've made it my life's work to demystify the form and educate punters on our product last eleven years spent on it. I've also made it clear to all those who would listen that harness racing's reputation as a game of cheats on seats lacks any serious merit and is both antiquated and naive. One thing I can't control is how our major races are staged and as a result how interesting and competitive they appear. Others can, and I hope they do. Queensland have funded several new features in recent years, and potentially we can too. If we're going to do it, however, make it what gallopers would call a short course handicap. Second-tier standard breads don't win Hunter Cups these days. Drawn the front over the short with greater rivals chasing them all the way, everyone, or at least many more trainers, breeders, owners, drivers, and even punters get their chance to dream. There's the breeze for today. And uh, Nicely done. if you want to comment on it, 0499736736. Quite often go with broad topics. This is very harness racing specific, but um, it's something that I thought of years ago. And watching on Saturday night, watching a horse like – now, Torrid Saint's flying, but watching a horse like Torrid Saint be able to slip away from Lock and Varad, who's one of the great champions of the modern era, uh, really confirmed in my mind – that short course racing with preferential draws involved is the way that you create the most exciting races of all, at least under the systems that we have right now, because we don't, as mentioned right off the top, program enough staying races to give horses the experience of racing over 2,500 metres or further and giving them the feeling that they know that they can make a move or even multiple moves in a race over a distance of that nature. All right, time for a break. We'll come back and we'll be joined by the big cat, We'll play good old Collingwood forever when we come back in. Matty Leopard to give us some tips right around the grounds.